drop. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been to the past. We've been to the future. We've been all around the afterlife. And you know, Ted, the best place to be is here. The best time to be is now. And all we can say is, let's rock! I love how much you leave in into the. I, I, from the go, I just assumed that all of us ja- jibber jabbering was just gonna be edited out. I can't believe you leave it in. Do I leave it in? Yes. No. Shut the fuck up. I mean, I guess I can believe you leave it in. I just every time I listen, I'm like. How the fuck is this still in here? <laughs> I like it. It adds, it adds some... Uh, it adds some flavor. Yeah, some accoutrement, if you will. <laughs> I feel like that should be much louder. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Good evening. <laughs> is it evening? Sure. <laughs> okay, why not? Hello, everybody, and welcome to welcome back. Welcome back to, to we do Keanu. Hey, that was all right. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> Ooh, bad, yeah, I thought, I thought you were supposed to go high and I go low. I thought that was how they were. Keanu. Hey, yeah. Should we try and harmonize? <laughs> no. Keanu. We do Keanu. If this is your first time listening... Uh, well, actually, hello. I am Brett Battostain, one of hosts. I am Dylan Hawes, the other of hosts. <laughs> and uh, if this is your first time listening, God gave rock and roll to you. <laughs> and that's to what, you. That's what we're here to and say. And also with you. <laughs> God gave rock and roll with you. And also with you. Thank you. That is that is how we should read together from now on. Um, this is a podcast about... Keanu Reeves. The uh, celebrating the filmography of yes. the one and only Mr. Keanu. Mr. Reeves. <laughs> William James Reed. <laughs> um, last week, our last episode was Feeling Minnesota. Oh, okay. I, I'm glad that you can keep track because I am legitimately lost at the beginning of every one of these episodes <laughs> as know. to what was the last episode. I always, I'm. It's never at the forefront of my mind. And then... I'll be like, are you filling that in in the middle of your sentence? You're like yes. indexing. What was the last one? Uh-huh. Okay, because I am too, but yeah. I don't reach <laughs> yeah. it. So yeah. I'm glad that you do. Because <laughs> I'm always, like, if it was me, I'd go. And our last episode was. <laughs> it always comes to me right before <laughs> I say it. Good for you. Good for you. It, that's the a great feeling. That's the, yes. that's the age gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Feeling Minnesota. It was a weird one. It was weird. It was, it was like weird. A, it was strange. My memory of it was probably, again, why I, I'm like, I think I gave it two woes because it was like. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think yeah. we were kind of on the same page with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which funny enough, <laughs> as we're, you know, so the most recent episode that came out was the Point Break episode. Mm. And I've been listening to all of them at, because I listen to them just before they go out just sure. to make sure there's no like sure. heinous stuff in there. <laughs> and just like the blatant misogyny <laughs> that Dylan. <laughs> I'm still mad that you pulled out the C words that I dropped in the first episode. I, I don't even remember doing it, oh. but you told me you did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was I think, it? I think your, your quote was, I want us to be likable. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think it was because it was the first episode. Sure. Right. Well, but I, in my defense, the characters I was describing were real C words. They they were. <laughs> but I just thought we could have. I'm also trying to normalize that word, Brett. Well, I, I think cunt is a fantastic word and should be thrown <laughs> around willy nilly, as it were. See. And you don't, and I, most people don't, well, and here's I appreciate the thing, that. Is I don't disagree. I don't disagree or sure. agree with you. I just don't <laughs> think you're the one to do it. I think <laughs> if anyone's the one to do it, I am the one to do it. I think you're ass backwards on that. I, I would say. I would say. Because I'm a lovable, uh, friendly guy, and then when I drop a C bomb, people are like, "Ooh, uh, that made me feel weird." I I think when like Tegan and Sarah <laughs> are on board with normalizing the word. Then I I'll guarantee get on board. they are. I no, guarantee they are. Of course not. they are. They're I, not. I'm sure that they throw it around between themselves all the time. Well, they're Canadian. <laughs> Canadian? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tegan and Sarah is very specific people. Well, it's on your, your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do I do love them. Tegan Quinn is one of my like celebrity crushes. Okay. Big time. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't picture them. Watch, watch. They have a song called Call It Off okay. from like 10 years ago. Or I feel like I can picture them, but I'm not 100% sure that my image of who they are is accurate. Watch the video for Call It Off, and Call you'll be like, oh, my God, Tegan Quinn is the most adorable fucking person in the world. Oh, I'm sure I'll agree with Actually, funny enough, is one of my, I would say one of my celebrity crushes is in the movie we're talking about today, mm. which is... Agreed. Um, uh, the Devil's Advocate. The Devil's Advocate, yeah. And one of my celebrity crushes mm. is Charlize, Charlize Theron. I, I assume that's who you were talking about. And, and not a terrific... Um, Use of Charlize in this movie was my kind of my takeaway. Like did, I, I felt like she was under underutilized completely. Yeah. Well, did you? I found out she was only twenty one. Oh, while they really? Were this Is movie. she that young? She was I that didn't young. realize that. Yeah, the huge age gap between her and Keanu. That would explain the like kind of chubby baby face she has the whole movie. I was I like, know. that's so weird that she looks like this. But I know that's. That makes sense. But she, I, I mean, she is adorable in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. Is. It just, I i thought her face was very round, and that makes sense because she's just a kid. Yeah, she's 21. Huh. Yeah, just a young, young woman, probably like fresh I out of college. I could have sworn she was closer to my age than that. Interesting. Mm -mm. No, yeah. she's, I mean, if anything, she would be. I guess that's only a few years older, younger than me. I mean, she's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think she's kind of like right in between us. Mm -hmm. um, she's probably, yeah, she's like born in 80 then that would make her right 97 yeah. but really my my crush uh, no, she's, for, she's a little bit yeah okay anyway my Charlize Theron crush pretty much started recently with Mad Max of Fury Road yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Furiosa one of the best movies of all time yeah, yeah. And of course I, no she's amazing in that oh and, yeah yeah and like all the things you're just like I want to just be next to her all the time yeah she's teach me how to be yeah <laughs> yeah well and so was this one of her first movies then i i believe it is let okay. me check really quick because that would be kind of interesting to know okay that that kind of changes some of the notes i took on this because it was a lot of like it's weird to see her in a role like this but if this is early in she hasn't established like she hasn't, you know, she hasn't had a chance to demonstrate how amazing she is, and and you know that's just kind of what happens to any actor. Right? We went through it with with Keanu, yeah, even, right. Like you're you spend the a while getting your legs under you and defining, letting people see your how good you are. Okay, so she was in Children of the Corn three. That was her. <laughs> that was her first movie in 1995. Wow. Um, and then she was in Two Days in the Valley. I think I um, saw that. I, I, I that was like one of those Pulp Fiction-esque uh, uh, like weird chapter type stories that yeah. inter interlace in weird ways that 
Hollywood was trying to do after the success of Pulp Fiction. I remember that one particularly being poorly executed. Yeah, but it, I mean, it had some cachet mm-hmm. in like the cast stars, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I've never seen it. But I know I kind of know the name. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she was in that thing you do, which I remember her in that. Oh, that's right. Was uh, she one of the girlfriends or something? Yeah, she's not the Liv Tyler. She's like <laughs> she's not Liv Tyler. She's not okay. Liv Tyler. <laughs> I thought she was Liv Tyler in that movie, but she's not Liv. Tyler. She's the other not Liv Tyler person. Yeah, she's the one <laughs> female I think, person. <laughs> One of the band members who's like uh, like the bass player or like the other yeah. guitar player or something. It, I, like, I've seen that movie like four times and I still couldn't tell you. Runs who off and gets married in Vegas oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. gets married to Charlize. Yeah. Isn't that Steve Zahn? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then she was in a movie called Trial and Error huh. um, with Michael like... Richards and Jeff Daniels. So that sounds I mean, familiar. A little, you know, a little bit of cachet okay, again but, in that okay, one. Okay. So maybe that is still part of like seeing her in this. I, I don't know. I mean, we can get into this movie. I mean, uh, yeah. So, I mean, just some background before we kind of dive in. Came out in 1997. Okay. Uh, directed by Taylor Hackford. I don't really. I don't really know. Is that like a guy who oh, does he, movies on the <coughs> Christian Network? No, or we something? talked about this last time. Actually, he no. directed uh, An Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, he's got some cachet too. Like he. He did. Who, he made Ray. Who wrote this movie is a more critical question. Interestingly enough, uh, so two credited writers. Um, I don't know if they wrote it together. I didn't catch it in the credits. Because um, I don't know if you know this, but for anybody who doesn't know this, you can tell writing partners, like if there's a lot of names under a screenplay, uh-huh. you can tell who wrote it together, like based on whether it's the, the ampersand, yeah. whether it's the ampersand or sure. whether it's the word and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't catch that whether it was like- Oh, an ampersand or, or something. Yeah, so it was Jonathan Lemkin, um, who was a mostly a television writer, but he also wrote some movies. Um, this has a very television movie type feel, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, so he did Lethal Weapon 4, Red Planet, Showdown in Little Tokyo, mm-hmm. as like, I think he did like a polish on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he did the movie Shooter, which was mm, that's not good. No, that's fine. That was Anton Fuqua though. But yeah, still. I mean the movie was. I don't know. But he also wrote for like Twenty One Jump Street, Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and Hill Street Blues. Ah, okay. And then the other writer, which is very interesting, is Tony Gilroy. Hmm. Um, Tony Gilroy wrote the Bourne movies. Hmm. Uh, he also wrote Rogue One. Hmm. Um. Those he, are significantly better than this. Yeah, he wrote and directed Michael Clayton. That movie wasn't bad, actually. It, no, it, 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 like, didn't, it, it didn't. It had a. I don't. It felt like it must have just come out at a weird time because it was a fine movie. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, and uh, he also directed um, Born Legacy. That's the Jeremy Renner one, mm-hmm. which, which is wasn't wasn't bad. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. It was better than some of the other Born movies, I think. Uh, one of the other Born movies. What are you talking about? Supremacy or? Oh, Identity. I'm sorry. Before the fourth one came out, before the fourth with Jason Bourne came out, so it would have been to me that one was just called Jason Bourne, right? right, right. Yeah, that one sucked pretty bad. It was, it was pointless. The, the worst. <laughs> of four. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, okay. So that's just a little bit of background. It was made for fifty-seven million dollars and made one hundred fifty-three million dollars. So it was a hit. Like that's that's a moderate hit. Yeah. I mean, what about worldwide? Is that worldwide? Because I feel like this is the kind of thing that would really, mm-hmm. really take off in like uh, old Catholic strongholds. <laughs> I mean, the thing is though, is that really they weren't 
movie studios weren't yeah. really baking on yeah. worldwide. 97 was still before that became like the thing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of coded now. It just means like basically Asia, China, Chinese yeah. audiences. Yeah, basically. This wouldn't, this wouldn't, this wouldn't have any significance there anyway. But I, I would expect it to play well in Europe, honestly. Yeah. I mean, so, it's a very, very fucking on the nose hit you over the head morality tale for god's sake i know i know Jesus. it's it, yeah i there's not really a lot of info uh oh that is worldwide okay. so it's 61 million so that's in, not super great worldwide to just triple your your budget uh, honestly i mean it's not it's not like a smash hit or anything like no, that I, it, but it would it would be enough to if it were important enough you could do a sequel and i there's nobody clamoring for a sequel to this i mean i think movie. this is pretty much like point break numbers is it okay? I think so. Um, so you know, it's like a it's a modest success. Mm-hmm. You know, like it made its money back and then some. And it's so, fine. It yeah. is. It is entertaining to watch. It is. There's not a. I didn't feel myself like going. All right, move on, move on. At any real point in it. So, yeah, I I kind of had the same thing where like I was watching it last night mm-hmm. and I was watching it like after the kids had gone to sleep and stuff and, yeah. um, I was you know I was into the movie. Yeah. You know I was like. It's an eye roller. You're just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we jump in though. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to wait another half hour? Or Yeah, yeah. I I mean, before we like kind of die. No, let's dive into the plot sure. and kind of go through it. And then I can, because I have a lot of thoughts about Al Pacino oh, in particular. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Because this is before Son of a Woman, right? This is like the same year or right, right. Uh, I or was right. under the impression that Sen of I thought Sen of a Woman was a was it before? couple years before. Oh, okay. Well, then that's even better. Yeah, Sen of a Woman was 92. Okay. Oh, was it that early? I yeah. It was, I so, it was and this is 97. Okay, so, so, this is... Well, because he just basically never dropped that fucking person. Exactly. And that's who he is. He's exactly. He's just doing the same fucking thing. So, my question about Al Pacino is, is he still a good actor? <laughs> Because I don't think he is. If he was ever a good no, actor. No, he was a good actor. No, I mean, if you go back and watch Dog Day Afternoon, he's amazing. He's, okay. He's really good in Godfather. He's really, really... He was an uh, unbelievable actor in the early 70s. Okay. He really, really was. No, See, and I don't know... Like, I, I think Scarface is where he turned a corner and you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Because he so, just kind of just kept being a fuck face after that. The Al Pacino, I'll say it, like, I've never seen the Godfather movies, mm-hmm. but I, it's one of those... Godfather 1, you need to watch it. He, it is an exceptional movie. So, so those those are those movies where I'm like, I know I need to watch them. Yeah. I just have to be... I have to be in the right mindset because <laughs> I can't watch it knowing that I have to watch it. Like, <sighs> I can't begrudgingly watch it. It, otherwise, but, but why not? I mean, I, I did that with 2001. I rewatched it because I was like, I gotta rewatch this. I watched it as a kid, and that movie's fucking amazing. Because I want to give it. I well, I, you also have a chip on your shoulder, or not? Whatever. You don't like gangster movies, right? So no, it's I like, like gangster movies. I, I thought you didn't. I thought you didn't like them specifically. I I don't like that gangster movies just automatically. People are just like, uh, they automatic people automatically love gangster movies mm-hmm. because of what they are. And they, I don't feel like people are as. Uh, but I don't feel like that's true. I feel like people automatically love good gangster movies, and they just happen to be good partly because well, they're the way they handle the gangster I, story. I think it's like, like if you like look at Scarface, that's like, not a good movie. Exactly. It's not a good gangster movie. People are into that because of the fucking rappers, right? And it's like, but that's what I mean. Is like there's a lot of like but, there's a lot of like male machismo oh, that like yeah, is surrounded by that surrounds gangster movies, even bad ones. Yeah. Where like you know you have movies like just crime movies kind of in general where people are yeah, like I feel you yeah. I do I feel you it's a romanticized 
romanticizing the whole lifestyle in a way that I, I get. I, yeah. I've never had a problem with you being like, I don't fucking like that stuff. Cause I, I know what you're kind of what you're saying is like people yeah. key into the wrong part of it. Yeah. Right. But I, the Godfather's before all that really kicked in. No, but that's what I'm saying it is I the, want, to, <laughs> I want to go into it wanting to watch it and appreciate it for what it is. So I can give it like, so the cards can be st- fully stacked in its favor yeah. because I do want to yeah. enjoy it you, as you much should. as I can. I, it's, it, one and two are, I, they're so good. Yeah. They're so good. They're I know. Exceptional. Films. Exactly. And that's why I want to go into it yeah. with like as little bias as possible yeah. going into it. You know same I mean? thing with Robert De Niro in, in two. Like you're, right. You're going to be like, fuck, dude, this guy was a fucking tour de force. And, <laughs> and most of my Al Pacino yeah. is from the 90s, uh-huh. you yeah. know. Post Son of a Woman. And I don't exactly. even mind him in Son of a Woman. I thought he really, I, I enjoy his role in that. I th- he's over the top, but he, it fits the character in a way that yeah. makes it okay. And my go-to Al Pacino is Heat. Like that's, <sighs> that's, I mean, and here's the thing is I really like Heat a lot. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's like an amazing movie. It's not an amazing movie. People stand on Heat so much that I just kind of just keep my mouth shut. Cause I even rewatched it a couple of years ago and I liked it more than I anticipated. Um, I felt like some weird spiritual connection to the, uh, the, Robert De Niro character in that at the time it was during that whole fucking tumultuous breakup time sure with the, <laughs> she was shall not be sure but, um, and I don't know I can't define why that I felt that way it was something about the the ability to just have the need to just walk away I don't yeah. know but the movie itself is like this is a kind of a lot of tripe <laughs> yeah it, I mean it's like almost a three hour movie I yeah think. and then there's that <laughs> yeah it's a long fucking movie but like the shootout like at the end is really cool yeah but and, and but Al Pacino in it is also kind of doing this, this yeah, exactly where but he's it, like she's got a great ass but I, I heard that he they cut out the parts that kind of explained that for him and gave him a pass because he's supposed to be a cokehead in that movie but they never yeah. show that so he just has this erratic behavior yeah. which fits a cokehead but I, if you don't tell us that then you're like what's he doing <laughs> yeah exactly and he's doing that in this movie he, right. that's why i say like son of a woman he just kind of well scarface he just lost his shit and then he got an oscar finally for son of a woman and so he just kind of leaned into that well this is what people like right and, uh, and then this in the devil's advocate it's very it doesn't fit at all him yeah I thought it was okay because you understand that he's supposed to be the devil, right? Like it's not a, to me, I don't feel like even before knowing what, I mean, the movie's called The Devil's Advocate. So having it turn out that he's actually the devil. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Everything else is just so on the nose. That makes perfect fucking sense. So he's supposed to be a cartoonish character who only exists for Keanu's benefit or his temptation, right? So- Having him, well, there's there's a couple of monologues where you're just like, oh, Pacino is just fucking eating this shit up. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying I don't agree that it doesn't fit. Now, whether or not it's an appropriate way to do it, I agree. I, I I'll go there. And well, that's like, what I, I mean, though. Is like in what in the terms of it fitting is, see, to me, if it's all kind of like this, uh reflection of Keanu and like if it's a reflection of like his darkest sins and darkest deepest darkest desires and stuff like that if it's a reflection of that and you want it to be like 
kind of like manic and heinous and stuff like that and like big and scenery chewing yeah then have it be that but it's just like i i don't think that they decided what they were doing with that right exactly like, exactly you're right and because you you almost yeah i i think i follow what you're saying it, it almost needs to choose a path be cartoonishly over the top and have all of it be that way and Keanu's just walking in this wave of just like what the fuck is happening this is like they throw there's everything is so surreal once he gets to New York but they don't they're they're kind of making the surreal awareness of the surreality is that a word only for us in the audience and he's just kind of walking through it kind of uh ignorant or just innocent of it like not being aware of yeah and, and they're trying to do that right like the quote his mom tells him before he leaves for new york i looked up that quote from the bible romans 16 19 10 it says be wise enough to recognize false teaching also avoid sinful uh sinfulness rather than becoming si signal signal sinful pretenses rather than become trusted in tempted and engaging in them, right? Like the whole theme of the movie is maintain your innocence, but be wary of false prophets basically, right? right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, again, on the fucking nose, right? That No, that's not, that's what they're singing. That's what that church group yeah. oh, is singing. Yeah, yeah, Romans yeah. 16, 19, 10. When, when they were singing in, that, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not, I don't go to church ever and have never really gone yeah, to a church. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what, I was like, they keep saying that so much. That's clearly a message to us in the audience. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Okay. So let, I mean, let's start at the beginning then and kind of just go through it because we start off with Keanu in court. He's defending a pedophile. Yeah. Um, and he figures out that he's not innocent. Right. Right. He watches. Oh, and I had I, the first note I wrote was Don Wiener. Because <laughs> do you know who the actress is? Do you uh, know who Don Wiener is? That's who she, that woman, her first role was Don Wiener in the movie Welcome to the Dollhouse, yeah, like a couple years prior to that. Yeah. And that Heather Matarazzo. Heather Matarazzo. And my, my wife and I, we, like that was one of our favorite movies when it came out. It was just such a peculiar little indie movie. And so I, all the time we would just reference Don Wiener. And so when she shows up on screen, I'm all, Don Wiener! <laughs> I actually, yeah, I, here, switch that out with, or plug that, plug okay. that in. Yeah, that it's guy. fine. I, 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 it was more my handwriting, not my inability to see it. Um, but she, I actually like, I was excited to see her too, because I've only seen this movie maybe once before. I don't think I'd seen it all the way through before. Um, I think I thought I had, but I think I'd seen parts of it on like TBS or something, but gotcha. it seemed like the critical scene there with Charlize towards the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never, I've actually never seen Welcome to the Dollhouse, but it's another one that it's like on my radar. Sure. You know? I, I would, I was about to. When I took the note, I was like, oh, I bet Brad hasn't seen this. And I'm like, why would he? Right? Like, it was a small film in 95. That, right. You know, I mean, it was fun and cool, but, you know, 25 years later, who fucking cares? But I, I actually really like her because uh, she was in Scream 3. Oh, that's right. And she was yeah. in the... Did you ever see the movie Saved with, like, mm -hmm. Mandy Moore mm -hmm. and Jenna Malone? Yeah, I think so. And Macaulay Culkin, like, yeah. uh, in, like, the mid-2000s. But yeah. she's in that, and I really like the movie Saved. Yeah. It's like, uh, like a christian high school uh, okay and okay. one of them oh, gets, i did see that yeah i did see that and it's really funny and yeah. like mandy moore's super funny in it yeah. and uh but well, yeah she's she, such a nerdy looking person right and yeah. that's why don wiener her character is this nerdy little mm. yeah um 
But yeah, I liked her and folds her hands, refuses to eat her vegetables. <laughs> she was really good in this, like in her little part. Her little part, yeah. Uh, and I felt really bad for her. Oh yeah, yeah. She because she's in <laughs> that whole court. She's on the stand testifying about what this pedophile did to her in a full courtroom with like reporters and all of the witnesses and, and a jury and all of the, like. I don't think that that's how that oh, kind of a case happens. I, I think it's in a closed, you know, nobody's there. There's the, probably not even the person you're accusing is sitting across from you watching you like testify. I don't think, I think this movie is about as far away from like yeah. real legal proceedings right? as you can get. Which is insane yeah. for a movie in 1997 to be that removed from the reality of a high courtroom drama because there's good courtroom dramas out there oh, prior yeah. to this even fucking scent of a woman that's the whole reason i like that movie is that fucking pseudo courtroom scene at the end right yeah. like all of the there and to make it so brazenly not like a real court was bananas just so bananas and the funny thing is too is like you never see anybody doing like lawyerly work throughout the movie well he got a bunch of books and was thumbing through them there when he had to defend Delroy Lindo at that but like, one point you know like uh, <laughs> Which, oh, yeah, again, he's back <laughs> Delroy Lindo, in, in that court again back to like an unreal court like A as soon as they showed what was going on in that court case you're like yeah that's freedom of religion like I, there, as an audience member I don't know if it's just been the last 20 years but I feel like even at that time it had been like yeah that's a personal religious practice right like this is a, a sh cut and dry case yeah right? like this should not need to go to trial <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, i've come up with an amazing strategy nobody's thought of like no everybody in the audience the constitution thought of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even that he wins because delroy lindo casts a spell on the guy like it's not even like he's a good lawyer um and the so Okay, but yeah, so he's defending a pedophile, realizes yeah. the guy's a pedophile in the middle of the of Don Wiener's testimony because he sees the guy like getting excited and like rubbing the table in simulation of rubbing her clit, right? Yeah. Like, she's not saying, but everybody knows that's what she's saying. Right. And so he takes a, a recess, asks for a recess, and goes to the bathroom to have a soul-searching moment of like, what the fuck is he going to do? And, and then- this is the key to the whole movie. Right, because there's a loud sound in the bathroom. It's a flush. And the guy comes out of the bathroom. No, no, no. There's like another sound. There's like I thought a, it was just a flushing toilet. No, there's like a distinct. Um, oh, I just took it as a toilet flush. <laughs> no, because at the at the end, the there, same sound. There's no sound. Oh. There's oh, like yeah. a there's like a boom. It's yeah. not really a flush. It's like a boom. Here, I'm gonna see if I huh. can. No, because there is the loud sound. It's when it brings him back. And we realize, spoiler alert, it turns out that all the movie is, it's a Jacob's Ladders movie. None of it's happened. Well, I actually have a, I have a question about that. <laughs> Mr. Lomax had speculation, however, in this courtroom. Maybe I missed it. Yeah. I mean, it's not important. But no. Specific, uh, in, like, you're you, giving the filmmakers far too much credit no, if no, you're no. trying to land lay some kind of meaning on it. In in the there's <laughs> trivia for it, and it said like this uh -huh. was the the director said this is like a cue of like when that's yeah. when that sound happens in the first bathroom scene, that's him entering like the, the hallucination. He even calls it a hallucination. He doesn't even he doesn't even own that it's a moment for him to have lived that entire existence and then on his moment of death. You know, okay, hallucination makes makes sense. I, I love, uh, yeah, because, okay, going back to how ridiculous and uh, incongruous Al Pacino's behavior is, 
lean that's part i'm saying like lean into the hallucinatory aspect of it like i know let us right? all just go on this ride of like what the fuck this is but, yeah or don't right? right or have it just be realistic and have him be more of the subtle like angel heart-esque uh louis cypher robert de niro is the devil in, in angel heart like he's mysterious and creepy and it makes sense that he's the devil and you kind of begin to just assume it but right al pacino you're like oh yeah he's the devil he's the devil yeah he's acting like the devil <laughs> he's acting like the devil. He's, he's walking around in human form and then once he finally does start to like be unleashed as being able to reveal to everyone for whatever reason he's just now towards the end of the movie able to like be more and more temptation more and more devilish yeah and like when he sticks his finger in the in the uh Holy water. In the holy water, and he's just like, <laughs> and he's just looking at the like the the. I suppose it's supposed to be Jesus on the cross. That yeah. he's that we is the the camera angle, or, or he's making that mischievous look. It's just, it's just, it's so dumb. It is. Dumb. <laughs> it's so it's dumb looking. Dumb. Where he's just like, I, <laughs> I, I would say prior to that, when he prior to the monologue where he's sicked the um the three demons on the partner who needs to die, who's jogging. Right. Prior to that monologue. He's doing what he should have just kept doing, right? Like he's mischievous and tempt he's offering temptation, but he's doing it in like a he's like, Hey, no, you know, hey, you you need to step away from this. I'm telling you now, step away. Like he's making it all about Keanu's decisions. He's not being this over the top devil and like Right. Yeah, see, to me that's that's a lot more appealing than just some like uh, me cartoony. Too. Like yeah. if it's like the You're devil right. who's like and and it is consistent with what's been happening. And it's like all of a sudden after that point, then it's like they're like, well, we've revealed more and more of these demons and more and more of this is like clearly something alternate is going on. And we'll just start leaning into it and have it really unfold. And, right. and it doesn't, if you're going to do that, then just have like the gates of hell open up and have it just be this fucking thing. Right. Like he's yeah, like yeah. coming to work and seeing demons everywhere and realizing, oh shit, I'm in the wrong, you know, I'm in, I'm in the lair. Or right. And you know, it's funny as we talk, like have gone through like this retrospective more and more mm -hmm. it is funny how much you can see just like making the choice to like to like make a choice and stick with it yeah really can like make or break a movie sure and it's funny when you because we're watching like all different like genres and stuff and different filmmakers and like so many have touched on so many different things uh -huh. now where it's like yeah that's kind of the through line through like pretty much any movie is like just like yeah, have you, a vision you, yeah. and follow it through to the it's like logical yeah. conclusion yeah. is really going to help your movie yeah. in like vast ways yeah um yeah because okay he hears the noise right he's, he's in the, he's in the bathroom the the reporter comes out and just kind of tempts him by saying hey it looks like you're gonna finally lose one <laughs> yeah and, then, and when he winked at him i was like that was a that seemed like a a, a premonizing wink right? yeah like it was so deliberate yeah was, you know and, and we learn unsurprisingly that that's the behavior that Al Pacino exhibits later in the movie. So right. He's basically acting like Al Pacino, which is good. That was sure. a good forethought. So he goes out and forces the, the breakdown of Don Wiener on the, on the stand and like defends his guy and gets him out of, out of trouble. And right. because of that, he's celebrated and gets invited to come be in part of this Big big New York firm. Well, first he gets invited to become part of the jury selection. Right, right, right. He gets invited so, to come up to be because he's supposedly some kind of savant about picking a jury, and which is w I maybe know, 
is one of my least favorite things in the movie is yeah. the, the jury selection scene. Yeah, it's terrible. Except it's got, what's his name? Shit, I just looked it up and I lost it on my phone. It's got Paperboy from Atlanta. He's jury no, juror number four is Brian Tyree Henry. Are you fucking kidding me? It absolutely is. He's like a young man with dreads, but it's definitely when he when he he's one of the first people he points out. I, maybe what? I'm wrong, but he totally looks like him. I don't. I would I would guess that he's not even credited in the film because he's just a juror. I mean, I bet IMDb would have it. Mm, only if somebody put it in there. I, maybe I'm off. I I just saw it and was like, dude, it's Paperboy. Oh, man, that's <laughs> that's crazy. Um. Uh, he was, he was, I think I, I heard him on NPR. He was, he was at like a fame like school in New York around that time. I think, I think that would have been, uh, Resigal, uh, just some guy who had kind of a similar round face. Yeah. He's, he's not listed, but anyways, uh, that is the jury selection scene is one of my least favorite parts of the movie because I just like in regards to how, like, not in tune with how legal proceedings actually work when he's like talking about the woman and he's like she's here to like get revenge and he's like how do you know that he's like I don't know just a feeling I'm just like no that is (laughs) no one would be fucking on board with this well and also yeah it's an art to to make sure you get the right jury but that's not gonna make her I mean but and also the judge isn't going to be like okay you like I don't think legal mm. counsels can just no, yeah, like you can't. dismiss no, whoever you, they want. One hundred percent. You have you to have like a real reason. No, no, absolutely. Right? Not. No, no, no. You you each each side has X number of of dismissals, and they don't they don't have to have a justification for it other than we don't want that person. We don't. I mean, oh, okay. your reasonings are your own. But, oh. But I agree, like, to have the bigwig lawyer being like, um, no, I like her because of these five reasons or whatever, and him being like, no, no, it's just feeling. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 bad. <laughs> and then and then he does he goes to, on the, to put it in a word. It is bad. It is bad. Uh then he goes on this like uh you know for like hangs out with Al Pacino, John Milton, John Milton. which is an allusion to uh, Paradise Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um oh, that's like Paradise Lost. Oh, dude. <laughs> um <laughs> And they kind of got, you know, they're like bonding or whatever. He's like to asking him questions about like his past. We realize that like Keanu grew up without a dad and yeah, um, he thinks his dad is dead. They're kind of just bonding, getting along together. The thing, the thing is too, is like um, Keanu Reeves starts as an asshole, right? Yeah. Like, well, but he's, and so Charlize Theron's an he's asshole cocky. too. He's cocky. Right. Well, you're right. They start off cocky and kind of like that, that like. Uh, but we know they're willing to do like we know crummy thing that he knows that he knew that he was defending a, a, a pedophile right. right and like even after the court after the case is won and the guy comes over and like says something to him like kind of pushes him away like you know just I don't remember exactly what he says but it, it's something where we know that he's compromises morals consciously yeah so yeah they're and i feel like it's implied <laughs> that he's done that before yeah, too. he's never lost and yeah. there's no way to have only defended innocent people so. right yeah and charlize theron's okay with that like, yeah she's on board it's, it's getting her ahead in life too like right. they're both getting ahead yeah they're both morally compromised characters yeah. which to me in a movie like this is significantly less interesting yeah, than, than it, he a, was a an good. innocent good person being corrupted yeah True, like, because you're right. Because as he's progressing, 
into more and more compromise and more and more going with the devil, it, it's less significant, right? Right. Like it, you're not watching him. The only tentacle to more pure, pure life is his mom and through the church, which let's face it, Southern Baptist nonsense isn't isn't some bastion of morality and no, positivity. No, they're and as bad as lawyers. <laughs> right. So like to have his only tentacle to what is air quotes good being that is like, yeah, so he's just kind of fucked, right? Like, yeah, it, it, the only sense of morality he gets is from this strict Baptist upbringing. Okay. I, that's not relating to anybody outside of the Bible belt. So go for it. I don't know, who cares? Yeah. I mean, and I mean, Charlize Theron is, she kind of has like a art. She's like no background, right? She's just, no, she's just there. Yeah. yeah just there. And um, her in that fucking crappy curly blonde hair. Like I, it's I hard to even look at her since the beginning of that movie. You're just like, why do like, it doesn't fit her complexion, right? Like I, I don't know shit about shit, but I can tell you that that's not the right hairstyle for her face and for her, well, but her I mean, skin tone, but, especially there with like that round face. But then Pacino does have the whole thing. Like it's the, uh, it's to do that. It's right? to do that. So which I mean, is bizarre. It's a stupid thing. It's a weird scene. Like <laughs> are we supposed to surmise from that inner where he sits down with her and like has some weird intimate conversation with her and then gets her to look at her hair and change the way she does her hair we do surmise that that's him also tempting her or uh hypnotizing her like it that has no there is that scene could be completely removed and she could have just had just decided right. to change her hair apropos of nothing all of it and so nothing would be poorly defined like it his, serves his, no purpose but like the devil's powers in the movie are very so poorly defined well that we don't really he know. He can't make you choose. You have free will. Can't That's his whole choose. thing. Can't make you choose, like, which is also just fucking bananas. I know. Stupid. Yeah. Um, he can't make you choose, but he can just sick demons on you to destroy your life. Right. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Well, and uh, the, I, I mean, I we're, don't want to. We're get, doing a terrible job explaining what happens, right? Like, so he gets, yeah. he gets in, he wins. He he picks the right jury, which apparently is the slam dunk, and it has nothing to do with the actual lawyer who's litigates the case right. winning it Keanu is like celebrated for his jury selection and so they bring him offer him an actual right. job so in the and it's an over the top job offer right like it's presumably millions of dollars a year in that apartment they offer him in, in uptown Manhattan the same building like they, yeah. all the lawyers live in the same <laughs> yeah, building so like some weird is fraternity is like a Tower of Babel kind of thing I don't know the I Bible think so. enough yeah me either but, but I, and so and then through that then he gets a first case with Delroy Lindo which is a, a air quotes unwinnable case, which again we already what? said was obviously <laughs> yeah. winnable. It was, it was especially because Delroy Lindo is a millionaire who just lives like a weird voodoo prince he, or something. Yeah, he's got like twelve point five million. In yeah, the bank. but he's living in the basement of some disgusting, dirty building in 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 Harlem, presumably with dead goat bodies everywhere. Like it's bizarro. Yeah, but he wins that case, which is, again makes him like really, really popular to everybody. So they make him a partner, or no, a member of the team, and it's right. a whole series of international legal people who do all sorts of nefarious bullshit. And yeah, and then he gets put on a murder trial for uh, Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson murders his wife and kid. And um, I don't know about you, but it never Wait, did he uh, he murdered. It was wife and kid. Yes, he his wife, his child, and then uh, uh, a housekeeper. Three three people murdered in his house. Okay, and 
there was not a moment from when he's given that case where you're like, yeah, they've already established that he only defends guilty people, right? So right. obviously Craig T. Nelson is guilty. So when the reveal that Keanu figures out that the the um, alibi that Craig T. Nelson has come up with is also made up and is a lie and that he's being manipulated by his client and then surreptitiously by Al Pacino by putting him in the case, like none of that is like a, oh, I didn't see that coming. It's like, yeah, that's obvious right yeah he already defended a pedophile it would have been more interesting if that was the whole point of al pacino bringing him in was to defend this person and then have him you know go down because he's defended a bad guy or something right like right that's the real choice right yeah like that's the choice that's like the moment that should be like this is your moment of like yeah this is where you're you're deciding whether well no but they do do that they do do that because he there's all the nonsense going on. So but there's the no tension that, because we already know what he's going to choose. Well, but you know you're what right. I mean? They do a poor job of setting it up, but he, you can see where they were trying, or at least on paper they were sure. trying because they move there. Charlize Theron apparently becomes this frumpy housewife, which again, I'm like, what earlier in her career, I, I can see now why yeah. it wouldn't be a question, but knowing who Charlize is about to become, I'm like, what a weird choice to put Charlize Theron in the role of stay-at-home frumpy housewife who's losing her mind. Like that just doesn't. Meanwhile, fit. he meanwhile he's being tempted by Connie uh, Nielsen. Connie Nielsen, who and she's hot as fuck. Yeah, she's dude. beautiful. But I mean, Charlize Theron is like again, exactly one and, of like the most beautiful women uh, in the world. Exactly. But <laughs> I can appreciate like he's right, in yeah. the midst of that. He's slicking his hair like Al Pacino. He's dressing like Al Pacino. Like he's he's subtly becoming more and more in the mold of what Al Pacino's making him into be. The yeah. devil's making him into be. John Milton is making him into be. Mm-hmm. Charlize is going nuts at home. She has, she's the, the other stay at home wives are like friendly with her and they hang out with her and they're revealed to be demons. You guys, yeah, they're all demons, which is fucking idiotic. Yeah. She's, she's, and she's having like a full on mental breakdown, but it doesn't, it seems cartoonish, right? Like she can't choose the right colors to paint her, the rooms in the house and she can't figure out what hairstyle to do. And she's uncomfortable what to do with her days. Like, all of that is like, and, and you know what? I was the span of like eight months, right? Like all of this is happening within a year's yeah. time. Like relax, dude. Like you're in the, the, one of the bustling, most interesting cities in the world and you have fuck you money. You can come up with shit to do. You can go right. do some shit on your own. Like, I mean, she is supposed to, I think she's like being manipulated by the demons, of but, course. but it's stupid. It is stupid. Like, because like I would be more. I would I would actually be a lot more interested in seeing a movie like from her perspective uh-huh. of she's like trapped in this like haunted house basically while yeah. she's like you know yeah and it's subtly being revealed that she's losing her mind but it's not that she's losing her mind is like the reality is shifting around her yeah, yeah. that would where's right. your mommy that, yeah. that's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the movie when she she finds she's having like a vision and there's like a little boy playing with oh, like oh god that's her, right her, her like oh my god I forgot about dissected this. over ovaries or is something is that what that is yeah that's yeah. so weird and she's just like hi where, where's your mommy yeah <laughs> very strange scene but, but there is that moment when she's like losing her shit yeah and uh, and it's before she winds up in the mental institution right but where uh, uh, Pacino is like hey I'm pulling you off this case. This is too much, right? Right. And, and that's the moment where we're supposed to recognize that Keanu is making that choice. He's doing the the devil's, he's, you know, he's choosing the devil over morality. Right. Yeah. And because he's like, I, and and his reasoning is actually not that far. That, that seemed like a rational decision to make in that moment where he's like, look, I want to continue down this path because if I don't and I wind up 
what did he say? If I went up losing or, or, or whatever it was, he's like, I don't want to choose this and then resent her for the rest of my life, which in a solid relationship, that's a rational choice to make of like, yeah, I recognize I'm, I'm putting too much of my time into this, but he's a, <laughs> on paper, he's a young, fresh lawyer trying to prove himself to one of the biggest international firms in the country, in the largest, in the, in the major city in, in America, he's got one opportunity to prove himself. Of course, he's going to prove himself. And he, and he recognizes his boss is laying that out there as, as a, a test to be like, is he going to do this for me or is he going to crumble? It's not the wrong choice to make. It's, it is because the movie is a morality tale. But if you're looking at it from the aspect of getting your legs under you in a career and you're in a, you have a comfortable, you know, solid relationship with your wife, you're like, yeah, this sucks, but we're going to, we're going to get through it. This is six months. And then we're going to, I'm going to get this fuckload of money and then we can hang out and do cool shit. And then things will be a little bit easier. And yeah. having her losing her shit like that is so cartoony. Right. Yeah. And, well, and, and that's contracted. The There's no reason for it to be taking this long. If they're going to just turn around and have it all just be back on itself at the end anyway, have it last for years. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Or have it be, I mean, there. yeah, it just, um, have it be more, have it be more surreal, have it be more yeah. like menacing, have it be more. Yeah. It feels like it just decides to get menacing suddenly. And then you're right. Like, yeah. This doesn't feel real. Right. Yeah, and uh, especially like <laughs> with Kevin Lomax, that's Keanu's character, uh-huh. being already morally compromised yeah. from the jump. The, yeah. The, it's not like, it's not surprising and it's not like you don't feel it when he makes the choice yeah, to it, pick Milton it, it over. It is curious because ultimately at the end, he chooses to die rather than perpetuate what's happening. And and. I guess we're supposed to accept that once the reality of just how awful things have gotten hits sinks in for him in that uh, Charlize kills herself in front of him. Mm -hmm. And then from there forward, he's like, not okay, which is reasonable, right? Like we're supposed to, I guess, accept that that is his wake up call. He's like, oh shit, I have compromised everything. And now I have lost everything because they're supposedly so deeply in love that that was his wake up of like, oh fuck, we're supposed to be in this together. I've I've abandoned her and now she's estranged right. and she's felt so distraught that she's killed herself. Mm-hmm. And then, cause then, then he walks right back and he's with Connie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. And that's when the, like the brazen, like temptation of the devil is like thrust upon him. And he's like walking in and you know, yeah, all is revealed in that moment, right? Or in that next scene or whatever. And yeah, and you're right. He's not, he's already like two thirds of the way to being a fucking awful negative person anyway. And then having him slide the rest of the way through the temptation of the devil is like, yeah, okay. He was already kind of on the path of being an asshole and he just went full asshole. Right. And so the the movie then like posits that it's because, uh, Oh fuck. uh, You know, at the, like it turns out that he's fucking the son of the devil. Right. Well, But I mean, even, but, so just jumping to the end really quick, yeah. the fact that like after he kills himself, it is revealed that like it was a hallucination or something like that, or just like whatever it was, a vision or like an alternate. Yeah. It was him him because he stares in the mirror right before he goes out and defends the pedophile yeah. at the beginning and has like a decision because he's pulled his ring off and he's decided he's sitting there trying to decide. Right. And so, yeah, this is supposedly this whole series of like lived a whole life or the, the next year of his life in right. that moment to see what what will come if he does this. Right. And so like the whole like 
then I'm shaking my head. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Then having that knowledge, looking back at the movie, all of it is so perfunctory Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, and there's no reason to not be completely over the top. If it's going to be revealed to have been a hallucination, a fantasy, an imagination, right? Make it over the top. Yeah. Lean into all the things that they're tantalizing us with, and just go with it. Right, and and, and it's also funny too because then he's like, he's having a hallucination that he's the devil's son. <laughs> oh God, there's that too. Well, and again, back to like the the over the top behavior, like. Yeah, that's fine. If if it's all going to be revealed to be a fantasy, then that works. If it's over the top, he's like, yeah, the devil would just be over the top and just be worse and worse. And like, but yeah, why at the very end, uh, if he's just having a morality, a moment of like finding his own morals, <laughs> the basis of that is an awareness that he's the son of the devil, <laughs> yeah. even though he, after the fact, goes in and instead of defending the the uh, pedophile, has himself removed as the lawyer for yeah. him. And and uh, my understanding from TV dramas is like that's a you know you can be disbarred kind of thing. I'm not sure. I feel like there would be a way for him to just be like, I need to take a recess here and meet with like they should because the 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 judge is like, I want to meet with the counselors in private quarters and have him be like, yeah, I. I think there is a aspect of the law where you as a lawyer can recognize that the person you're defending isn't okay. And like, you can raise your hand and be like, I I can't do this. He's going to have to get another, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that, that is just a, you're, you're disbarred or something. Because that's also the whole context of Cape fear, right? Like there's this aspect of once you're down the path, you're going to lose your license if you don't continue defending the person. Right, yeah. So you got to do some weird thing to get make sure the guy gets... I thought that was what he was going to do was he was going to come out there and use his superior lawyering abilities to have the guy lose, right? right. Like go and fumble fuck on the stand and have actually what he's asking Don Wiener further support the the prosecution's case and then he loses and that's the but that doesn't work because at the end because he steps away the same reporter who it's revealed to be actually be the The devil devil. comes and is like offers him an expose and like you know so he's leaning into the same you know the major mortal sin that Keanu has is vanity and it's tantalizing the same thing and yeah they're not going to want to do an expose on the, the lawyer who just lost the case so that's that's why they have to write it that way right but for th- why who fucking cares we don't need that at the end to have it have it be a morality tale that just ends with him making the right choice at the end and going off and presumably living a happy lovey life with his wife because they make that comment before they decide to stay in New York of like, what are we going to go back and I'm going to get pregnant and we're just going to struggle from year to year with you trying to do cases and right. me just and that's presumably the life he's chosen by, you know, right. in the bathroom choosing not to well, defend the guy. And just a fine, that would be a fine moral answer. I like that better than the ending they do. Well, uh, and the ending that I actually would prefer is if it was le- le- more ambiguous. Oh. Like if it, because he kills himself in the scene. Uh-huh. And then if they had it be so that like he then has a flashback back to the bathroom. He's back in the bathroom. If they would have had it be like, okay, well, is this. Yeah, what's he going to choose? It, well, no, is it is this now the hallucination? Like after he kills himself, like mm-hmm. was everything preceding this real? And now, uh, like having the devil show up in the scene at the end, to me that could signify that like he's actually now in like purgatory or mm-hmm. now he's in hell. 
uh, like he killed himself, and so now he's like, because suicide's a sin, right? Mm, that's true. So like, yeah, but that's darker. I mean, like, it's definitely darker, but have it be it w- would be more ambiguous, and I think that's a better ending of like. I think a better ending is him choosing the proper path, because that's the whole point of a morality tale. Sure. Is, is that he's going to defy the devil and go in there and not defend the guy, get the guy convicted, and then move forward in in a path that's more ethical, right? Like sure. that to me is a much fine, because even what you're describing, that just tacks another half hour onto the movie. <laughs> 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 because I, I don't like the idea that, he, well, like, so now, because he's killed himself and now he's in, in hell, like, how do you make that plain, right? Like, how do you, I don't know. Well, you just have the devil show up. Like, you can do it kind of the same way, but... You, like, just I feel say, like the ambiguity that's left now is that he's probably still going to wind up down some path that leads him to the temptation that he sure. already proved well, himself he to be. Well, because he is the son of the devil. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, like having to be the son of the devil really is... That, and it's not even necessary. I mean, I guess it's necessary to explain why Al Pacino is so involved in, in getting him through all this and putting him up high in his estimation. You know, it's part of like... Yeah, it doesn't it, make it sense. Explains it, it explains it because I was just it like... Was real. It would explain if it was like yeah, exactly. real in the context of the movie, but because it's a his hallucination, who cares? Yeah, yeah it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> None of it fucking matters, yeah. right? I mean, he gets to sort of have sex scenes with both Charlize Theron and Carly, or what's her name, Connie, uh, Nielsen. Connie Nielsen, which is good. It's good. Connie good. Nielsen is dynamite. Yeah, very Goodness pretty, gracious. Yeah. she is sexy as fuck and, and it's so over the top like the minute they show her she's dressed all in red right like everyone's wearing oh dark tones except for her and then like fucking hot ass red dress walk, you know wandering around her office talking okay. on the phone like do you think the people making the movie were like we know that this is obvious and so let's yes. just make it obvious yes or do you think they thought they were no. being clever you no, don't think no. they thought they were being clever no no, no, the, the, especially with the costuming and the, the right. subtle things like that. No, they were being obvious. And that's part of why I was like, what does the green paint signify? But then it was just them just showing that she's just picking all sorts of wild colors, which is, I guess, to exemplify, to, to represent that she's like losing her stability. Like she can't figure shit out. She can't decide what to do. Well, it's, I think it's because she's, she's having trouble fitting in with the other right. women, right? And because right. there's the, the one, uh, other wife that's like oh that's not quite right and yeah. just like she's yeah. like oh I can uh, yeah. like, all of that so, she's like but it's your decision like all of this stuff but it's not menacing enough so right. it just feels like kind of a bitch just being kind of like snarky with a with the with the new woman in the in the fold but for no reason because there's also right. no reason for them like they like like it does seem like that's awesome. She's got some friends to hang out with. They're fun. They they they're they're young. They like to go have mimosas and go buy shit. Like yeah. I mean that sounds like it wouldn't be a terrible thing to do for a couple of times. Like I mean if it's not your scene, it's not your scene, but they they present it as though it's like I, I don't know exactly what to make of it. She's like feels weird, but anybody would feel weird if they suddenly have money to spend that they never had before. And there's no, I mean, those other women that she's hanging out with are jaded, right? And they're they're demons, but they're jaded about like, well, I'm just going to spend the money because my husband works all the time. Like, it's reasonable for her to be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that, right? Like, yeah, I have money and I'll buy something and I'm out with these women, so I'm going to do what they're doing for the night. But I'm going to, I'm going to probably back off because these are kind of not my people, right? Right. Like, it's weird that it becomes this weird thing where Charlize just loses her mind because she can't 
figure out what to do with what that color to paint the room. She's an adult. She's certainly hung around other mean girls in her life. Yeah. Right? Like, come on. Yeah. And I mean, she's. I mean, and we got a comment. They do show a lot of boobs in that scene. I appreciated that, where they're sure. just like talking about tits for no reason. Yeah. She's like, I got these fake tits, and then has to show them. And she's trying to get Charlize to feel them, which, uh, I mean, all that is a, a bananas fantasy stupid thing. Like, who, who who's doing that? Keanu Reeves. Kevin Lomax is the one doing that because it's all in his head. Oh, Ooh. gosh, that's so right. He's, he's like, he, he, in his. I guess that actually makes it make sense. Ca- yeah. <laughs> He's like, in, why is he fantasizing about what's going on with his wife? I know it does. It's so dumb. Why is he fantasizing about what's going on with a lot of people? Yeah, you're what, right. Like, so, how is he, what is he fantasizing about like with the, the principal from Ferris Bueller running, going jogging around Central Park and at, getting murdered by bums? And why Demon is bums? Why would it even why would he in his in his fantasy that's playing out or his hallucination yeah. whatever it is yeah why would the case with like uh 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 the the goat the goat killer yeah. why would that even be a part of it yeah it doesn't make any sense None. if it's a fantasy it would just go from like he a gets called he wins a case and then he gets called over to this big new york office yeah. to like now do the colon case yeah yeah. That's all it would be, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a fantasy. Yeah. It doesn't need to like make sense in regards. <laughs> if it's going to turn out to just be a fantasy, yeah. Yeah. And, then, and actually, that could have cut out 20 minutes of the film, and you could have spent that 20 minutes building up him being a very good person who at the beginning was already, uh, you know, because even they might even have him dressed like Clarence Darrow, right? Like he's dressed like Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. He's got a light colored suit. He's a Southern lawyer defending yeah. people. And then by the time he gets to that Craig T. Nelson case, he's all slicked up and New York slick. Right. I mean, they're just, they're hammering. That's why I'm telling you all of those, car- those costuming choices are over the top intentional, dude. There is no subtlety involved. No, I know there's no subtlety involved. <laughs> I get it. I just don't. I couldn't tell if the filmmakers thought they were being subtle no, or not. No, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. I think they no, thought no, they no, were being very no clever. Way. I, I think no they thought they were way, being clever, dude. No way. I really do. <laughs> no, I, I mean, really do. I think. I think. Well, that's part of why I'm like when you said the director. I was like, did you direct a lot of Christian TV? Because it just feels like it's made for fucking whatever that network is. That uh, uh, what's his name from from growing pains does all his oh, movies yeah, Kurt, Cameron. Yeah, Kurt Cameron no but I also think Kurt Cameron would make a movie like this and yeah. think he was being very clever uh, maybe you're right I, I think know. they thought they were being clever I thought they were like ooh yeah like wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if like we had him like start to like look more like the devil yeah and then like, uh, and then like when all that stuff's going on and, and Charlize Theron is freaking out and then he like touches the water and it boils in the church yeah yeah <laughs> All, I mean, this will blow their minds. They didn't see this coming. Yeah, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they thought the way the clever. way that like everybody dresses and like Connie Nielsen and like the red and the stuff red. like that oh and God. like so, um, so stupid. Yeah, and I did. I will say this. I in that in that final sequence or or whatever when he does shoot himself, I was like, oh, there you go. Because I was just like, well, how the fuck is he gonna get out of this? Because he, he, I mean, he's like, he's got free will, but was he gonna walk away from fucking County Nielsen in that moment? Because he's just gonna get killed if he walks away. Right? Well, I like, thought he was gonna make a deal with the devil. <laughs> he's a lawyer. Like, use your lawyer. Because he's like, because he does. He's like, are we negotiating? Always. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that. Yeah. I mean, it would make more sense. Yeah. And, and like, just for what the movie was, if, the, <sighs> if he was then able to like 
morally outsmart the devil or something like that. But there was no way. Right? No. He was already, because as we've already said, he was morally compromised from the go. So it's, yeah. you know. Well, I, I wrote in exclamation points, what a morality tale <laughs> on my notes. Oh, one, one of my notes was, uh, would you consider New York a character in the movie? <laughs> I actually wouldn't because it didn't really matter. Um, Other than the fact that I don't, I want to, why is John Milton insisting on always traveling on the subway? Was it just because they wanted to have subway scenes in the movie? Like there's no reason for it. It doesn't serve any purpose other than for that one scene where he, you know, talks to those guys in Spanish and, you know, talks about stabbing him by knowing what's going on at the guy's house. That like, his wife's getting but that doesn't serve sex any in the butt. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't serve any purpose. Like there's weird choices, but. That's just New York. Like that doesn't. I, I actually with your note. No, I don't think it is a character <laughs> in the movie. It's one of the few New York-based films that it's not a character because this could have been Chicago or Philadelphia. It oh matter. yeah, yeah. It could have been anywhere. <laughs> I mean, the fact it could that have it's been fucking Atlanta. I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah. Or I guess he was in Florida. It could have been fucking Miami. Why not just go down to Miami? Welcome to. Well, I mean, that's where Scarface lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> could have been a nice little nod. Um. What the, about Keanu? We got, we got to talk about Keanu. Well, really quick, I do okay. want to say, my my mom has some very questionable tastes in in media. Uh, she has very questionable tastes. Oh, yes. Okay. And like she has told me that she pretty much just watches Jane Austen. That's like her go-to That's a movie. book. There's a, uh, there's a film adaptation of it that she loves. Um, <laughs> and she said that this is her favorite Keanu Reeves movie. <laughs> And I was like, mom. <laughs> yeah, but your mom lived in, still lives in some peculiar religion, right? I mean. Yeah, she's a Baha'i. Yeah. But. Which actually, I, guess, I don't see why you'd be into like a Christian morality tale. It, she, well, I mean, even as as far as Baha'is go, she's quite, uh, uh, she's not <laughs> even just like standard Western Baha'i. She's very much like staunchly Baha'i. Oh my gosh. Um, this is her favorite. Um, and I was like, mom, what the fuck are you talking about? How could this be? How could this be? Is it just because of the morality? Like the over on the nose morality? I guess so. She does. She has no explanation. She just says she likes it. Yeah. Um, I was like, this movie sucks. So it's good for Baha'i. We can put that in No, it's good for her. (laughs) I don't think most Baha'i. Like Rain Rain Wilson's a Baha'i. Is he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dwight Uh, Schrute is a (laughs) Baha'i. I... I'm going to guess that she hasn't watched a lot of other Keanu movies, though. There's also that. Yeah. Well, I was like, what about The Matrix? And she was like, yeah, I didn't really like The Matrix that much because it's just a bunch of shooting. I actually don't like that aspect of it either. Thinking back on that, I have the same kind of argument about why this movie doesn't fucking matter. The action of this movie doesn't fucking matter. All of that shooting in The Fucking Matrix doesn't fucking matter. It's like, in the end, it's just fucking a simulation, so who gives a shit? Well, but then in The Matrix, (laughs) they make it clear that, like, if you die in The Matrix, you die in real life. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. I I know. But that's at least, like, adds... It's got stakes. Yeah, yeah, is a way to add stakes to it. It's still... Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) You still get to act like a superhero in the middle of it, so who gives a fuck? Right. Um, But... Yeah, let's talk about Keanu. Yeah. Keanu in this... Um, he's not bad. I, I think he's not bad. Like, he, when, when he starts being a Southern lawyer, I'm like, this is going to be rough. And it was rough. He's not He's he's not a dialect guy. Yeah, he's he can't not. do a Southern accent. Um, which is also, I don't think that's, I don't think that's like 
an indication of like a good actor. Like there's a lot of good no. actors who can't do a good Southern, no. who can't do accents well. And that's you more know what of I mean? a, like a casting problem. Like don't I mean, cast- Al Pacino can't do a good Cuban accent, right? <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Uh, yes, except for now my only interpretation of a Cuban accent is Al Pacino's version oh. of it. So. <laughs> you fucking some... Yeah, I'm not going to do the it. The fuck? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah what I'm is it even? I, it's not, I, it's I, not a real I, accent. <laughs> yeah, it's just him talking with marbles in his mouth. Who put this thing together, huh? Me! That's who! That was pretty good. Who I trust! Who I trust! Me! Really quick, before I do... That's who? Before we go on with... Keanu? Keanu. I do want to just... the The monologue at the end... Um, this is a video called The Devil's Advocate. Who are you carrying all uh, oh boy. Al Pacino's are, are perfect we, performance. Can we hear this? Yeah, can we yeah. hear this? Okay, yeah, this is the big culmination at the end. I do like when he shoots him and he does his full uh, fucking uh, 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 Johnny Montoya yeah. imitation again. Oh, 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 It's exactly, it's as though it's pulled out of that fucking Brian De Palma shot. I fucking hate all of this. I know, me too. Cosmic gag reel. Yeah. He sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Fuck you. <laughs> I know. Al Pacino, come on. Don't swallow. Don't swallow. <laughs> and while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his He's sick fucking ass off. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he is. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Is that it? Yeah. Why not? Why not? I. Yeah. No. That scene right. It's preposterous. That, that forty seconds or however long that was. That's enough. Like, go fuck yourself. This movie. I know. Like, I know. But again, Keanu. Keanu across, especially not when Al Pacino's flipping out like this. Nobody can handle. Nobody can be in a movie with him. Nobody can be in a scene with him like this. Like, I, I know. I don't know why. I guess at this point he's a powerful actor and no one's going to rein him in. You're getting what you get when yeah, you hire him. he's an Oscar winner now. Like, right. he can do whatever and he, he and wants. he's an Oscar winner for behaving like this, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a more restrained version of this. Mm-hmm. It's like he just let it fly after this. But yeah. you, nobody, like, you got to know that's what you're doing when you bring him in. So you're, you, you're putting someone across from him. You can't do anything with that. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to meet it? With, what are you going to meet that energy with like, yeah, give me the bad. And so, and I... This uh, this scene alone isn't good moment, but earlier the the interactions with him when they're just conversing or whatever, mm-hmm. Ken is good. He is good. He's good when the moment when how do I put this right? Like I've said it a lot, where he he's good at reflecting good energy from other actors and in being in a scene together or owning a moment physically, right? Yeah. Like so when. Like the inter- the interaction with him and Charlize in the handful of times when they're just showing their their dynamic, I'm, it's believable. They they seem like a good couple. They yeah. seem like they're in love. Like I feel real chemistry between them. And again, I think that's a reflection. I think Keanu is a better reflected actor. He's good when the person across from him is good, mm-hmm. and he's not great if he's got to be the one who's dictating that. Right. Yeah. Um. And this movie's got good actors, right? Like Al Pacino, when he's not fucking too unscrewed, 
he's still good, right? Like he's 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 good. He's a good film actor. He just he leans into this way too much, and that overrides any positive aspects of when he's not doing this. But you can watch through three quarters of this film when he's not behaving like this, and he's doing a good job, right? Like he's he is. There's a menace about him. There's a mischievousness that he's gonna. Yeah. You know, he's gonna. He's a fucking tinderbox, and he's also, just gonna what, throw it. Do in they your like face. do something to his teeth in this movie? I I had a similar comment about that, and uh, Connie Nielsen's teeth are also weird. Like, there's something weird about their teeth. I don't know if they, they did like or browned them. Yeah, or in between. Like, maybe they both just smoked too much, and nobody took a moment to say, "Hey, you need to whiten those bad boys up. They look weird." Yeah, I was. <laughs> I didn't. I was unsure what if I wanted to mention it because I don't think I took a note on. But you bringing that mentioning that does remind me. That yeah, because I, I, I was like, well, that's too. just their teeth. I don't want to like make fun of them for just having like. Well, but it is a peculiar thing because, again, it does feel like, I mean, this scene alone, like there's this whole scene setup is very meticulously chosen, right? Like why would they just have all all of his costuming be so well thought out? Because it is, right? He is dressed a very specific way, and it is a specific moment in the movie where you see Keanu's dressed exactly like him. Right. But to not like notice that his teeth look weird, I know. <laughs> so there know. must be something with that. I, don't know. I know. Maybe it is just his teeth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Or but, are just his teeth. Uh, but yeah, I think Keanu Reeves does a. Pr- I mean, I think he does he's a fine, fine job fine. in it. Yeah. He doesn't really. I don't think he's really bringing a lot Mm-mm. to it. Um, Maybe we should start now thinking about who would have been a better position. Like, was he? the best choice for this or would be there someone else would there be someone else that could have done it at the time i don't know right like he's not exactly hot at this moment i don't feel like he is no it's kind of cooled down yeah so um, but the uh i did see there was some other interesting um was he ca- the first choice how about there was that some, uh, no i don't think he was there was some actually some other interesting like trivia kind of um casting decisions like um Kevin Spacey was considered the, for the the John Milton uh I feel role. like he would have done a pretty damn good job it wouldn't have been as so nearly and and that would have been at the height of Kevin Spacey's powers too right like mm-hmm. he was Richard Gere also was considered for the role nah, I'm not feeling him as much not me either um uh who who was it um uh, God damn it! Oh, here we go. Uh, Brad Pitt for the Devil? No, Kevin Lomax. Oh, wow! That would have been great. I think that would have been great. Yeah, i I can see that. I could see that because I think Brad. Well, here's the thing. I um, think Brad, Brad Pitt could have done a good, a really good job if they would have had it like what we were talking about of somebody who is morally mm. uh like has moral character strong moral character and then having the turn of him like mm. um like but i think i feel like brad could have even at nine even this early in his career could have played the the balance here because the, the key is that this too. guy still needs to seem like a good person even though he's been doing morally compromised things and pitt is <laughs> exponentially better actor than Keanu always even him even in 97 well, this is Pitt's 90, really, 97 is when 7 comes out right yeah I think so <laughs> Brad Pitt's really good about being an asshole but still just being like yeah. really like Cause this charming is, this is Meet Joe Black year right isn't that also didn't that come out or that came out the next year I think Meet it Joe came Black. out the next year yeah. but other other people uh, Christian Slater John Cusack and Edward Norton 
Um, uh, John Cusack. Interesting. John Cusack, I think, is is actually kind of a Keanu Reeves type. Yeah, but he's a better actor. Especially in '97, I mean, I would say yeah. I would say they've definitely crossed, and now yeah. Keanu is a significantly better actor yeah. than John Cusack. Uh, Edward Norton's not <laughs> likable enough. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and Christian Slater's not good. Yeah, he wouldn't have been. I didn't Christian Slater is just meh. Christian Slater was only good in Heather's. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, he's, he's actually pretty good in Mr. Robot, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and I, I could care less about that show. <laughs> I know you could. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Keanu Reeves is a fine job in it. He I is think, fine. I think if they would have had somebody, I think if they would have had a Kevin more somebody more Kevin Spacey like in the movie for the devil, for the devil, I think yeah. it would have elevated Keanu Reeves Agreed. quite a bit. That, I think that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, he's, he's this kind of behavior from Al Pacino cock blocks anyone else in the movie, anyone else in a scene with him in a movie. Yeah. It's the Gary Oldman thing, right? And Dracula. (laughs) Even worse, though, because he's yelling all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Dracula, like, Gary Oldman's just being, like, a real, like, scenery chewing, stealing Dracula and Kevin Kevin Reeves. Maybe that's part of what, like, having him finally play a part from Robert De Niro, like, in Heat, because he's doing this same bullshit in Heat, but he can't pull that shit with De Niro, right? right? Like, all those scenes between the two of them have a weird subdued feeling I, I remember feeling like everyone was so excited that this was the first time they were on screen together. And you're like, yeah, they're just kind of sitting there. Like, there's nothing, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. But I wonder if that's part of it is like, it's like game recognized game or something, right? Like, he's not going to, you, you try and pull that stuff and De Niro's just going to fucking bring it back down. And you probably didn't watch The Irishman, right? No, but I want to. And it, he is good in it. He, he was being, uh, uh, Al Pacino is good in it. And he is being like, hailed or, or at least recognized for like coming back and doing a good good solid performance because he's been doing nonsense for a while now right yeah and, since the 90s <laughs> and it's and it's still a pretty over-the-top performance but it's it's reined in yeah i mean i can't really think of the last time i saw him in something where i was like oh he's done a good job in this you yeah. know um i mean yeah because he i mean he was in like dick tracy yeah, uh I mean, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, he was kind of, I mean. He was still a little bit reined in in that movie. Yeah, I mean, that's the same year Scent of a Woman. I think it came out before, so he hadn't won the Oscar yet. But he was kind of dipping his toes in that kind of thing. And it's also understood that he won the Oscar in 92 for Scent of a Woman because they should have given it to him in 72 or 71. Right, right. which is kind of how the Oscars work, right. which is stupid and unfortunate yeah. because a lot of times it means that the award's not going to who actually deserved it. Mm-hmm. The, they're just playing catch-up all the time. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, he was good in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but Son of a Woman, I mean, he's good in that, I guess, but I don't really remember it that well. But yeah, he's just kind of done a bunch of bullshit. He was in Jack and Jill. <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ! Um, That's that Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah. He's, oh, it's so ridiculous. Where he falls in love with Lady Adam Sandler. All of it. No, yeah, yeah. It's so, preposterous. Whatever. whatever, but, whatever. Um, so okay, what are we going to give this? Well, do you, have, um, you have more. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump right to the end there. But. No, I mean I I don't ha- I don't have much more other than just the idea that I I think this. Mo- uh, the other thing was they're so over the top using lawyers as the inroad to the devil like oh. they're like what does he say in i think in that same speech that we're we just played apart from he goes because the law puts us into everything oh my and god it's like, oh no, this movie what? is just like 
someone really dislikes lawyers whoever wrote this right? i like, know i feel like someone just got reamed by their divorce <laughs> and so they're just like yeah lawyers are the devil he's got no morals everything about it like because again at the beginning he's not a good guy he starts off right already an asshole and yeah. he's just turned into worse and he's by virtue of being a lawyer he's he's, he's a yeah child he's no the atticus devil. finch you know he's not like he's no like standing up for justice you know <laughs> Um, <sighs> but I it would have been a way more interesting movie with Brad Pitt. It, it would, well, I mean, and even like, I think if they would have, I think if they, you know, just switched out the two leads for somebody else, mm-hmm. um, in, you know, like if it would have been <laughs> Brad Pitt at, and at, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> well, no, cause I feel like if it was like Al Pacino doing this and Brad Pitt in here, I feel like it would have been better but i feel like if yeah. it would have been like spacey and, and keanu, keanu oh i agree it would have been better that would i think spacey and keanu would actually be better than brad pitt and, and uh, pacino. pacino actually that i do too i would like to have seen that that would because yeah. i i mean or somebody like kevin spacey because i don't want to say kevin spacey because he's such a monster well but that <laughs> but it, we didn't know that just, at the time well plus so. he's he is a good actor right like yes yeah. some of the stuff he did especially in this time frame like I, yeah he turned out to be a fucking worthless or somebody who's wasn't good it isn't good right. but I, he still would have been fucking phenomenal in this role yeah so, so i'm just trying to think of somebody who has a kevin spacey type quality that mm-hmm. could have done a good job yeah. in the role i'm fine with picking kevin spacey frankly <laughs> <laughs> um i don't maybe um who else is like who else is know, like a sinister point. quality Sinister quality. Um, maybe if it was Brad Pitt as the devil. No, that wouldn't work. Uh, or I, maybe. I, or who was it? Who was it across from in Joe Black? Uh, uh, Anthony uh, uh, Hopkins. Yeah, he could have played Hopkin, the devil. I guess Hopkins would be okay. Uh, Robert De Niro could have played the fucking devil. Like he played him in the Angel Heart. Right? Yeah, like, that's probably why he wouldn't. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the a devil. lot of people. Al Pacino sure. is just. I don't know why. He's too. Uh, he's too much of a cartoon. <laughs> He's yeah. too much of a cartoon. He's not scary. Like I would. Yeah, he's not it, scary. If this movie's like a horror movie, I want the devil to be scary. Yeah. Or and if he's going to be unhinged, I want him to be like unhinged in like a manic kind of like really yeah. crazy way, not like a like. I'm telling you, Kevin Spacey would have been the yeah. really good choice. Yeah, man. he would have been a good choice. He is. He's always felt creepy. That's why when all this shit finally came out about him, you're like, oh god. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Or like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, no, who's the other one? Who's who's not Timothy Dalton, but he's very <laughs> Timothy Dalton like. Uh, uh, Powers know. Booth. That's who I'm thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always get I get Powers Booth and Timothy Dalton mixed up a I'm not lot. Sure, I'm clear on who Powers Booth is. Um, they especially as they've both gotten older, they both look like the same person. <laughs> I, um. All right, so what are we gonna give this? What are we? What are we, what are we um, do? We, we gotta give the. Oh yeah, Powers Booth. Yeah, but he looks too much like Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so what are we? What are we gonna? Well, how many woes are you gonna give the Devil's Advocate, Brett? Um, I. <laughs> You're leaning back, you and your mustache. <laughs> I don't know what I want to give this movie. I haven't even. I didn't I'm give it any it, I'm, thought. I'm going three. I'm going three woes. Wow. Because it's still, it's fun to watch. I mean, the movie's garbage, but it it it's not painful to watch. It's stupid and eye rolly, and it so hits you over the head with its air quotes morality. But 
it's still entertaining. There's yeah. <laughs> there's full frontal nudity of Charlize Theron, which I did not expect. That's but true. Finding out that this early in her career makes a lot of sense because like, what the fuck? Like, not not part of her body. Full stand up. You see Bush. You see Bush, right? Yeah. Like unnecessary depiction of of her her full form, which is not the reason I'm picking it for three, but it it there's it it has shit in it that's like yeah this worth right. watching it's fine it's not a great film it's not gonna you're not you're fine living the rest of your life never taking the time to but it's also don't turn it off because it's come on the screen i mean it's it's fine it, it, it is entertaining to watch al pacino do this thing right like it doesn't i, I hate it for their because why waste your time with it but it's it's done it's on film now yeah. i mean yeah it is fun to see it just for like Look at how bad this is. Yeah. Like, look how silly yeah. and uh, honestly goofy and doofy this is. It's too long to have been a selection, but a CCR, this would have been a great CCR. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. To make fun of it live. Mm-hmm. It'd be, and that I kind of like all of those movies for the most part because they're fun to just riff on in live. Yeah. It's, so, fun, it's fun to watch them to make fun of them. Yeah. And I, I would put that in this category. So, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it three woes. Sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, and Keanu, Keanu's good in it, but I just wish he had more to do as like, yeah. he doesn't have anything to do as a character really. Yeah, Cause he's he kinda, not really an arc. He's yeah. Just, he starts and ends pretty much at the same spot <laughs> other than just like the <laughs> sudden <literally>. turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Other than the sudden turn. But yeah, um, yeah this was, we're so it is interesting to note cause we were going to do this live, but we oh, were not fuck. able to do it, which sucks. Um, That's right. We're, we're, we are going to try and do a live show in the future we're, for sure. One hundred percent. Even not um, even not even waiting for the tree, tree fort, fort in September. Are yeah, we, are we going to do one? Bef- try and do one before that. I think we should sure. if we can. It yeah. depends on I, I, just to to give yeah, some insight fun. to the listeners. We've recorded these episodes quite far in advance yeah. um, of when they come out. Yeah. So we're in the midst of like the coronavirus. Oh yeah, pandemic. Yeah, we, <laughs> as we, we record this, <laughs> we sterilized the room before we yeah. sat down to talk. Um, but. Our next movie. So this is what is the next one? The so the next movie is The Matrix. Is it? Yes. Aww. So this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right because we we flipped a coin sort of as to what we wanted to do yeah. live, and yeah, this movie would be more entertaining to tear apart live. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I do think this kind of The Devil's Advocate kind of marks the end of a portion of. It absolutely well, career, the, insofar as the matrix definitely defines the rest of his career yeah for sure although interestingly enough there he puts in a fuck ton of movies between the matrix and the matrix reloaded sure like but, a ton and so it's interesting that though that kind of is what defines his career because between the matrix and the matrix reloaded there's not he's not doing action movies yeah so we have the matrix next and that's 1999, and then he does... He did two years between movies there? Yeah, which is Oof. kind of not something he's done. He took yeah. a two-year break, and then... But that was when he had the personal stuff, right? Isn't that I think it's about is? that time, yeah. yeah. But then we have, like, The Replacements, The Watcher, The Gift, Sweet November, Hardball, and then The Matrix Reloaded. All of those are pretty much dramas, yeah. except The Watcher's a horror movie, like a thriller yeah. horror movie. And The Replacements is a comedy. Um. Yeah, and then the the gift is a, a thriller film. I don't know what the fuck that is. I am really excited to get to that because I haven't seen it, and that's with uh, Kate Blanchett, and it's directed by fucking Sam Raimi, <laughs> and really? written by Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> wow, 
how that must have just come out at some weird time. Was it like right around 2001? Was it, was it right 2000, around 2011? 2000, no? yeah. Huh. Um, so I'm excited to get to these movies. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be weird. It's going to be a fun, wild romp. Yeah. And then, yeah, The Matrix. That's a big one. The Matrix that's, is a big one. And especially with like a Matrix 4 potentially coming out huh? sometime yeah. in the near future. <laughs> Very strange. It's kind of, I think. You know, the Matrix definitely. Uh, there was a definite shift in action movies after the Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix itself redefined action films from there forward. Yeah, so it's it's a seminal work, right? Like, yeah, and and it does. I I I take it for granted that it kind of redefined Keanu, but you're right. Mm-hmm. He just it just put him more as like a bankable movie star, right? Which is right. weird that it took almost 20 years at that point or no that 10 years 10 years to get to that point so i guess that's not that weird to be a bankable movie star 10 years into your career yeah um 12 years whatever it is yeah um i'm super excited to talk about it i think yeah. we're gonna have a guest back a returning guest Who? uh i think derek oster is gonna be back okay. from okay. our point break episode okay. okay uh oddly enough that that's the episode that came out yesterday and <laughs> he's gonna be back for the next episode to record but yeah i'm super excited to talk about it i haven't seen it the first one in its entirety in a w- long time yeah it's been a while for me too it's been at least 15 years and at least, so at least 15 i'd say i think i watched it again right before reloaded came out on cable oh, okay so i loved it when it first came out absolutely I, loved it i actually was not super hot on it I okay it, i i enjoyed it and i but i i had the choice to watch that movie or office space in the theater and i went to that movie and is this am i doing this right in my head i don't know i i i i, I wished i had gone to office space is where, yeah. where i'm going office space is, is amazing <laughs> but i remember loving it i really i mean i just loved it so much even not really knowing i mean at 1999 i'm in like fifth grade you know i'm not even in middle school yet yeah um so i i couldn't even appreciate all of the technological things that they were doing in that movie so the real thing going back for me is if it's going to hold up yeah and if i'm going to have any semblance of the same amount of yeah. appreciation that I had for the movie when well, it came out. And, and I, I, I need to clarify. I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, it was cool, but whatever. And then when I rewatched it I don't know, a year or so later, I was like, Oh dude, that actually is kind of phenomenal. Like what they're doing here. So it oh. was, I wasn't in the right mindset when I first watched it, but okay. then I did like, I, cause I think I'm surely have seen it like three times at this point, but yeah. not in the last 15 years. Yeah. So, but I, by the, the, by the last time I was like, no, that movie's fucking perfect like or fucking phenomenal right like i understood what it had done because by then it had been aped so many times and and the the greenish tint for enhanced Mm -hmm. effects had become so pervasive i was like oh yeah that's because of this movie the latex the (laughs) cyberpunk aspects of it Uh, well yeah a lot of it anyways are we just gonna go now let's just start talking about all right let's Let's go all right well uh watch it live and we'll just talk (laughs) so all right well thanks uh thanks for listening everybody uh do all the social media stuff uh you know check us out on facebook and instagram uh rate and review us on your podcast playing app stitcher whatever it is um and uh thanks for listening listen to the other shows on the eavesdrop podcast network and uh until next time <laughs> say it say it
I forgot what it was. Be, Be excellent to each go. other and party, party on, on, dudes. <laughs> Dork.